Hello, and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I'm the founder of Core Women, and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Kat Kwan. She is a graduate of MIT, former Google engineer, author and illustrator of a children's book, and has now turned her talents to developing a personal stylist business in the Silicon Valley. How this talented woman is developing her business skills and creating a journey that she loves is something you have to hear. Let's get right into talking about your exciting and diverse journey, Kat, and welcome. Thank you so much, Summer. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for being on the Core Woman Podcast, Kat. So let's talk about your journey, starting with when did you become interested in engineering? I just had to ask. So, Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I think it was just early on. Like I, I think it was in high school. My uh, high school offered computer science classes, and so I took them. And my initial interest in them was like, oh, we can create cool games with, <laughs> with um, learning how to how to code. And so then, I guess it was wanting to create games, <laughs> which gotcha. like my career ended up very far from. Now, were you a gamer in high school? I wasn't actually. It was more like <laughs> I don't know, just something where I I just felt like it was fun. And I think that um, you know what I've realized in my career is it's that interest of finding that joy or that that spark of interest that you you just want to like follow it and and do more of it. Gotcha. No, I totally understand that. So as you were like developing your journey through high school, you were taking these CS classes or computer science classes. Then, you know, you thought about college and you got accepted to MIT and that's a pretty darn rigorous mm-hmm. program. So tell us about that. Yeah, oh, it was definitely one of those most challenging experiences of my life. But, you know, I wanted just a new experience. I grew up in the Bay Area my whole life and I just wanted to, you know, leave and just experience the world. And, you know, MIT opened up so many opportunities for me. Um, they have so many great internship experiences for students. And so I got to work abroad and through uh, like in, in China, I was there during the Beijing Olympics. It's so cool. And, you know, just traveling with like the Society of Women Engineers. And so I think that, you know, going to the East Coast, for college just opened up a lot and it made me see like more of the world and it also sparked within me this idea of you know getting this um, amazing education that it wasn't just for me and my future but that it was so that we could create something with our engineering skills or what we learned there and give back to our communities and so the, the MIT Public Service Center is huge over there and just like really instilling those values in students so yeah it was just a a really amazing experience to just help me grow in my interests and I think it taught me a lot of also professional and team building skills as well through the Society of Women Engineers that I was talking about. It's like all those skills you don't really learn in the classroom that I got to learn through the clubs and extracurriculars that I did. That is so awesome. It must have been really empowering being around other women with like interests. You know, I I could just imagine yeah. that must have been really inspiring and empowering. 
Yeah, totally. Just the the people there are just so amazing, and it's very humbling too, because you're just like, wow, like all these people are doing so many cool things, and it just pushes you to also go for your potential and realize that we're not limited by the specific careers that we grow up hearing doctor, lawyer, engineer, that's, that you can combine multiple skills. Like someone could be an amazing engineer, but also have something else on the side, or, you know, that we're not just like one dimensional in our right. interests. Oh, absolutely. I went to school at Berkeley and, you know, you get there and one of my other guests on another podcast, she's like, you know, you get on the campus and it's just like, whoa, you, you just feel, you know, you feel the energy on the campus. And it's kind of like, I can imagine MIT being the same. I have a friend whose dad went there and he's passed on now, but he got his PhD there and he's a quantum physicist. So, or he was a quantum physicist, really renowned. And, you know, just talking to him and him go to MIT and him doing all these wonderful and creative things, but him also having different passions, just like you, which is something we're going to get into here. But before I do that, I want Mm -hmm. you to talk about what you did after MIT, what your goal was, because you went on to work for Google, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did that evolve? Like you went to school, MIT's renowned for, you know, engineering, computer science, all these great things. And then you go to Google. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, I mean, Google was my dream job, I guess. (laughs) It's a lot of people's dreams. You just hear about all the amazing perks and how fun it is to work there and how you can create products that like millions of people use and love. And so, you know, I, um, throughout like my undergrad years, I was, trying to apply to Google and you know there was many times that I got rejected and even in my senior year I got rejected from Google and I think it's important to tell people that because it wasn't just like just like a a smooth sailing you know and um, so I actually didn't have a lot of job offers after senior year and so then I decided to stay for my master's degree um, through a fifth year program there and through that I found this project called Mocha which is a telemedicine platform. They were using Android phones to provide um, healthcare access to remote healthcare workers in rural areas. And that's where I got to travel to the Philippines and stuff and and just see like, wow, mobile phones and Android phones can be used to provide people with the healthcare or the access to specialists that they need. And I just like fell in love with that, that idea and the power of the platform. And so it was through my work through that, that I did, I did my thesis and then, um, learned about how to build Android apps, and then that's how, I, when I applied again to Google, that's how I got in, and I landed on the Android team. So yeah, I guess a failure <laughs> turns into like a more amazing opportunity than you would have imagined. Right, and you know, I, I like to say many times that failure really isn't failure, it's just gained wisdom, you know, because yeah. many times, you know, when we're successful and we're going through life, and it's it's great that we have successes, but what we forget is, even those things that we don't see as successes and sometimes we're not, you know, weren't part of the whole journey and our, our goal really are things that we learn from and gain wisdom from, which is so exciting as well. And all that experience comes with you to your next phase or your next job or your next, you know, personal situation, which is great because again, gain wisdom, you can't do without it. Yeah, absolutely. You get into Google, and what's that experience like? 
Yeah, it was. I was like so nervous going to Google. I was like, I had imposter syndrome, you know, like, did they actually yes. accept me? Like, And I was like, oh, am I going to get fired in the first month or something? Like, I tried really hard, you know, and I joined at a really intense time. It was like after the gingerbread release of Android. And so the early days and people like thought it was such a joke, like Android, they're like, no one uses that, you know. Um, but it was but over the years, though, it like literally exploded. And it was so cool being at the center of where Android was being made to witness it. And then over time, like my, my parents got Android phones. And then, you know, I got I would see people like on the train or something, I would see them using Android phones and using the app I created. So um, it was really cool oh, to be a part awesome. of that. And uh, um, yeah, and the engineers there are like so smart and they mentored me a lot of like senior engineers they just helped me understand like what is it like to build a product in industry and you know working with project managers um, designers I just got to see the whole process of how you build a product and I worked on a bunch of apps like the Google Contacts app the Google Play app um, Google search app and then uh, we created a new product the Google Keep app um, which is the notes app and we started from scratch you know a lot of brainstorming and you know scrapping ideas and then creating it again and starting all over it was just um uh really cool to see and and to define something and just put it out into the world so yeah, wow priceless experience right what a phenomenal experience wow so with all that said and all that experience you did somewhat of a turn in your career you decided to, yeah. to write a book and to start another business. So tell us about how this yeah. shift, you know, how you pivoted. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, it was gradual over time. So after a couple of years on the Android apps team, I, as an engineer, I decided, I was like, wow, I have all these access to resources to create great apps. Like what about the other people outside of Google? And so then I switched into the developer relations team at Google, which um, aimed to educate external developers on how to build apps. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a specific passion for beginners, people who had never built Android apps and showing them the possibilities and really showing them like, what is the industry experience like? And how can we bring that to someone who's just like a solo developer? And so we worked with Udacity to create curriculum and Android basics Nana degree to teach beginners who never programmed before how to build Android apps. And then after that experience, I was like drawing and, and trying to explain concepts to people in interesting ways. And then I realized, you know, maybe not everyone wants to be an Android developer, but there's so many other things that people, I would love to teach people. Um, and so that's kind of when I felt that calling to, you know, step outside. I wanted to step outside Google. I wanted to create my own business, write a children's book. Um, kind of just teach other topics like life skills, character development outside of Google. So that's when I left and that was like two years ago to start my business, which is called One Curious Cat. Um, I think it embodies my personality and is super curious and always wanting to try new things. So Wow. Yeah. So you have you've written a book and the book is called It's called Use Your Voice. Mm -hmm. encouraging kids to use their voice. It was like a lesson that I learned in my late 20s and I'm still learning <laughs> to use my voice, you know, mm -hmm. things like using your voice to say yes when you mean yes, no when you mean no, you know, how often do we say the opposite of what we actually want? Right. Um, so I think it's important to show kids that. Absolutely. Or sometimes we just jump around, you know, trying to get to the point, but 
don't exactly directly say yes or no. So it's important that we learn how to say these words, you know, because rather than dancing around and wasting time, it's important to be very direct sometimes, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I think that's mm -hmm. a great lesson. Yeah. And um, I think that as a young woman, I think that this, this is a, a wonderful journey that you're taking and that, you know, you've done all these amazing and phenomenal things up to even now. Now you've, you've pivoted and you've gone and created a personal stylist business. So tell us about that. What is this all about? Yeah. So I think it was inspired off of like uh, maybe four years ago when I first met my fiance. <laughs> um, I feel like since I've known him, I've, I've kind of under, undergone my own um, style makeover, if you will. Um, he really helped push me like outside my comfort zone to try new things. And I became, I, when he first met me, I was just like engineer. I was like hiding in my baggy clothes, like unsure myself, didn't like how I looked. So all of a sudden just realizing, oh, like I can wear these different clothing. Like I can feel beautiful. I can feel sexy. I can feel good about myself. And that it's not like an arrogant or cocky thing that it's just like just embracing my body, like imperfections and all, like who cares if like I have a tummy or whatever, like it's just part of who I am. And so I think kind of growing into myself and realizing that fashion and makeup, I just had so much fun with that and expressing myself. Like I just wanted to teach other people that to help them find their confidence and how they look and how they feel about themselves. So that's how I started doing personal styling. Um, it's been a year now, and I've styled a whole range of clients, um, primarily women, just women who, you know, maybe need um, clothes to go to an interview or for their new job, for public presentations, just places where they really want to, like, look their best, and they might need just a little nudge on, like, what they could try, what would fit them well. Oh, that is so wonderful. And wow, does that just parlays well with the whole women empowerment and inspiration idea? Because again, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. And if you're a woman or man, sometimes you just don't feel right in your own skin. And yeah, and we try and overdress ourselves or try and, you know, wear bigger clothes or because we've got these you know, what we consider imperfections, but really they're just who we are. And, and how do you accept that? Why wouldn't that be another good, great book for children, right? So yeah, totally. you know, and, and then how to wear your clothes that fit your body. And that's beautiful. I love that. I'm always saying that like, my gosh, you know, I just, I just need clothes to fit my body. You know, that's it. It's it. My body is the way it's going to be right now if it changes i'll buy new clothes but at this right now i just need clothes to fit my body and to have somebody come in and and say ah i've got some ideas for you i love that so yeah. i know that you you know when i was reading about you and your bio you said that it was predominantly in silicon valley that you started this business so do you do, mm -hmm. you do this elsewhere do you do it online yeah um Right now, it's based locally in Silicon Valley. I find that it's a lot faster and easier to understand, like, what people's style is, like, when you're meeting in person, going and shopping together. Gotcha. Um, but I think that it can scale in the future to, like, virtual styling, you know, finding items and sending them, you know, like, online shopping for people. It's always tricky right. with online shopping. Um, but I think that it's, like, 
leveraging my engineering background, the way I learned fashion is very like almost like analytical, like step by step. I saw other people doing something and I was like, oh, there's like, I developed these like rules of thumb on like what works for people. Um, so I try to make it easy for people to understand because I know fashion and art can just be so abstract. Like it's like how you define, how do you create something stylish, you know? And so having like formulas for outfits or something can help people grasp it easier. Right. Absolutely. And I love that. So what would you say professionally was one of your biggest challenges and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think my biggest challenges and growth happened during um, my business. I think I had this mindset where like, I think if you do certain things, like maybe how we were raised in our culture, if you do certain things and you do a good job, you'll be rewarded. Right. Like, Mm -hmm like you get into a good college or you get a good job stuff like that um but i feel like being now doing creative work like creating books and videos and content for my blog and styling people it's just very uh, it's not as clear cut anymore like what what is success and right. and your results might not come in the time that you expect and so it's like dealing with that frustration or disappointment sometimes of what you expect and what you want but realizing that you have to keep doing the hard work and keep believing that you're on the right track even if you don't see results if that makes sense and so it's relying a lot more on your inner voice that oh I need to keep going on this or not relying so much on external validation if that makes sense. It totally makes sense because as entrepreneurs, you're not working in the construct of a company or an organization. You are doing a lot of the ins and outs daily things on your own. And so when you're looking for, did I meet that marker? Did I meet that strategy? Or did I, that's coming from within. Nothing's coming Mm -hmm. from outside except that, you know, you can make some of that off of sales or off of clients or off of, you know. But what I've been reading lately too, because we all keep up on information, reading, what's out there, how we're being competitive in the market. One of the things I continue to hear over and over is it's not about necessarily all of our markers, but what you're providing to the client, what the value is. And if you continue Mm -hmm. to return to that and, and understand that you're providing value for somebody, I think that's really rewarding. That in itself Mm -hmm. is really fulfilling if continue to remember what I'm doing is providing value. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's just like figuring out what value you provide and continuing to do that even more um, in the way that only you can deliver. I think that Mm -hmm. self-awareness part is so challenging. Like sometimes it takes a lifetime to figure out like what makes yourself unique and what can you bring to the world that no one else can. And I am so glad you mentioned that because I'm going to tell you that the book that I just co-authored talks about values and personal beliefs. And I say this and bring this up in this interview because it's so important and it lays the foundation for where you want to go and how you feel fulfilled on a, both a personal and professional level. If you don't know what your whole, what your own values are and personal beliefs are, I believe you're kind of lost and you're going to figure it out or keep figuring it out or keep figuring it out. And that's great. But why not understand that right now it's an opportunity to figure out what your personal values are and your beliefs are so that you can live a life or a journey that parallels your profession, that parallels what you want in your personal life. So I love that you brought that up. I love that we're talking about this and that 
you're feel like figuring that out. Like you've overcome challenges in your own business because we had to, we, we have to confront things a lot of times because like you said, things may not be going as quickly as we want them to go, or we may not see, you know, define success in our own personal businesses as we would define it if we were working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All those things. I totally agree. And I'm so glad you created this book to help people have a framework. I have to check it out to, right. to, to go through the exercises. Cause it's like, you can't, ever be done like knowing yourself and what you want because it also evolves too oh absolutely when you self-actualize you want to continue to self-actualize we don't stop until we're we're gone essentially right so i think this mm-hmm. is and this can be a conversation all in itself but i want to get to next the, my next question what is one of your most meaningful personal or professional achievements so far yeah i think that's a great question. I think it would be launching or publishing my book. Um, I think it was such a, it's like a project that was close to my heart and something that I just felt like was like launched into the world. I, I think, I don't know if you feel this way about your book, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like be able to hold it in your hand physically and be like, oh my gosh, like I created this. And even on top of that, for people to enjoy the book and read it with their kids, it's just like brought me to like the biggest high of my life. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is such, such cherished moment in regards to your product is out there, but it is a product that has value that's going to, you know, provide value and important lessons for children. And I absolutely love that. So with a 10, I'm going to my last question. What words of wisdom can you leave the listeners with today? I think it would be along the lines of like using your voice, listening to your inner voice, but more importantly, to know what your inner voice is, you have to weed out what other people's opinions are, what people, other people want for your life. And it's getting rid of the shoulds in your life. I'm still working through this as well, but like sometimes you're like, I have this belief inside me. Is this because I was conditioned this way from some external source or I believe that I should do it? Or is it because this is something that's actually coming from my heart that uh, like from my soul and that is what my soul desires. There's like this very subtle distinction, but like, I think it, it leads to either fulfillment or just leads to feeling trapped because you've just, created a life filled with you should do all these things oh brilliant i love those words of wisdom fabulous thank you so much kat for those words of wisdom for being on the core women podcast today with me thank you so much summer it's such a joy to speak with you and i love how you're empowering women and bringing a spotlight on other their stories i found the podcast really valuable and helpful so thank you for the work that you do Oh, thank you. If you would like to know more about Kat Kwan, please follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and at whatcatfoundout.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infoatcorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about core women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 